1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by David Rutz from the Washington Free Beacon. Uh, we broke down uh, all things Super Tuesday. We talked about Joe Biden's big night, what that means for the Democratic primaries moving forward. And, yeah, we, we, we break it all down. Uh, before I get to David, I need to say hi to our friends over at Man Beard Company. Gentlemen, you look like trash. You look terrible. You look terrible. Ask anybody. Ask your wife. Ask your girlfriend. Ask your coworkers. You're an embarrassment. You know why? Because you don't have a beard. Grow a beard. And once you grow a beard, take care of your beard with the best beard oil on the market. I'm talking about Man Beard Company. Man Beard Company beard oils have the appropriate amount of fatty acids, vitamin E, and vitamin A to keep your beard in great shape. You will notice the difference after just a couple days. Trust me, my beard is looking great after just a week or so of, of using Man Beard Company beard oils. Uh, it promotes a, a healthy beard. Healthy growth, even growth. It's not greasy. It's not oily. I know most beard oils smell great. And yes, th- this stuff does smell great, but a lot of it is just, it doesn't feel good on your skin. It's greasy. It's oily. Not the case here. This is the best in the business. Top notch, premium stuff. Check them out over at manbeardco.com. That is manbeardco.com. Use the promo code no gimmicks. That is the promo code no gimmicks for a great deal on your order of beard oil. And guys, if you haven't already, Please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right, without further ado, here's my chat with David Rutz. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with David Rutz from the Washington Free Beacon. David, my friend, thanks so much for taking the time, brother. No problem,
0: man. How you doing?
1: Doing good. I'm doing good. So let's break down last night, man, uh, all, all the news coming out of Super Tuesday. Joe Biden absolutely demolished Bernie Sanders last night. Uh, what a Super Tuesday performance from the Biden campaign. Bernie Sanders won California, Utah, Colorado, and Vermont, and uh, Biden won the rest. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I expect him to do well, but not this well. Uh, your thoughts?
0: Uh, no, absolutely the same. Yeah, it definitely looked like uh, a lot of momentum was going his his way after the the decisive south carolina win and it's looking more and more like that race like legitimately saved his campaign and and now he's he's, he's obviously the front runner i mean the states going forward are not good for bernie i mean trump, trump uh excuse me Biden's gonna do well in florida he's gonna do well in georgia he's gonna win mississippi and uh, there's a lot of states coming up that bernie lost the last time and uh, i think what we kind of saw here was and I, I did this too. B- Bernie's frontrunner status was overrated by the fact that he did win and do well in the first three states, but he wasn't winning by colossal margins. And he was benefiting more from the fractured field than kind of showing he'd expanded his base of support. And um, the, the other candidates, you know, I don't know if selflessly or not, um, you know, like Klobuchar and Buttigieg, and um, uh, those are like the main two, I think they recognized that, you know, Bernie was a. A potentially weak front-runner and uh, by, by coalescing around Biden the way they did that just gave him a lot of positive momentum So you saw all these late closing people overwhelmingly choose Biden because they were They were spooked. I mean when Bernie was the front-runner for that week or two, what was he doing? He was going on 60 minutes and saying, you know, Fidel Castro wasn't so bad. I mean that spooks people I mean, you know, this guy is like, you know a, a 50-50 shot from being the president if he's going against Trump and um, And I think another thing is interesting too. I think other people made a good point point. Bernie—the comparisons between Bernie and Trump were were coming a lot, and, uh, you know, I, I could see them, too. But the difference, I think, between this and 2016 is you had a party base in 2016 that really did not like its party's last president, uh, President George W. Bush. But the Democratic base right now, they love Barack Obama. And so I think they were a bit less— um, they were probably less willing to, to really nuke the system and go with a revolution candidate like Bernie. I'm not discounting going forward. I still think Bernie has a lot of strength. He's got a lot of money, and he'll win more races, and I, th- I think he'll he'll want to hang around. But uh, at this point, I would be stunned if Biden is your your nominee.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I made the prediction a year ago that Biden was going to be the nominee. And last month, I actually apologized to my audience for that prediction because it was seemingly— <laughs> Stick with your first mistake. I know, man. I should have just doubled down. But, I mean, it, it, obviously, Bernie being the, the frontrunner may have been a little bit premature, may have been a little bit exaggerated. But I think most of it was because of Joe Biden. Like, he was performing so poorly— and then just all the gaffes, all the, just the mental decline on display on television every single day. That the horrible debate performances, uh, you know, forgetting what state he's in, not being able to really speak English too well at this point in his life. Like, I it's just, I I couldn't imagine at the time, even two weeks ago, a candidate like that that just looked washed, just making a uh, come, no, making good. a comeback I, like this. Like I, I'm trying to think of like a sports analogy where you know like a. A 45-year-old boxer has been knocked out 10 times, you know, coming back and winning the heavyweight title or something. Like, it's—I don't know. Like, it's—if anybody was going to make this miraculous comeback, it did not seem like a man with the mental state of Joe Biden would be able to pull it off.
0: No, I agree. And I think you'll see a lot of revisionism and people kind of being like, well, you know, I told you so. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong on that because, you know, a couple weeks ago I thought Biden was a, a dead fish. Um this is a guy making his third run for president, and he never even won a primary until four days ago. <laughs> and now he is, you know, the front runner for the nomination. It's just amazing how things can switch like that. But his many deficiencies, you know, remain. And uh, I think now the real dramatic storyline is I, th- I think the Democratic Party feels really good about it because um, they, they were really spooked, I think, by Bernie alienating all this, the suburban voters. They won in 18. And I understand that. And I've seen that firsthand. But now the question is, will Bernie's base, which is a, he has a he has built a, a very solid base of support for himself. And he didn't he didn't win a lot of delegates around the country yesterday. I mean, there's still a, a possibility you could have a, a contested convention. I think it's unlikely, but you never know. Uh, but now you have to wonder, how is Biden going to get those Bernie people into the fold the way that Hillary failed to do to her detriment in 2016? So that will be interesting. And that, I think, will be Biden's major task going forward. But. He had such a great display of strength last night. I just, it, I just couldn't have gone better for him. I mean, when he won Texas, Massachusetts, Minnesota, I mean, that was, that was just a really impressive, really impressive victories. Um, and there's, you just, you can't take that away from him. And, uh, and now with Warren still hanging in the race for God knows what reason, you know, it's uh, very, very, very bullish on Mr. Biden.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and obviously, if there is, there is still a chance it's a brokered convention, but uh, you know, very unlikely.
0: But you know, they. Don't have- I feel like that people always say that'll happen, and it just never does. I, I'm sure at this point Biden will get it. But it's, it's possible if Bernie hangs around.
1: I mean, I'm rooting for a broker convention, but you're right. I mean, <laughs> it hasn't happened in a long time. But um, even if it's not, even if Biden just wins an outright majority of delegates, and they need, like what, it's like 1,990 or something like that, whatever the magic number is, even if he gets there, and even if Bernie isn't that close a second— I think the million-dollar question is, will the DNC be able to convince the Bernie bros to support the establishment candidate again? And most of them did. I mean, it was 90-something percent of Bernie voters did support Hillary Clinton in 2016. Asking them to do the same thing again a second time, I don't know, man. They might. And maybe the hatred of Donald Trump is is so strong that they just get in line and, like the good little soldiers they are, vote for Joe Biden. But— I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it could go the other way. They could rebel and they could write in Bernie or or vote for whatever the candidate, the Socialist Party or the Green Party runs or whatever. And, uh, you know, Trump could win 45 states or something. And so I I don't know. Like, it's definitely a possibility that these people that perceive like obviously nobody's stealing the race from Bernie. You know, Pete uh, Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar dropping out and endorsing Joe Biden is not stealing the election from Bernie. Obviously, it's just normal politics. But a lot of these Bernie bros, I mean, you see it online, see it on Twitter constantly. They perceive it as the the nomination being stolen from Bernie again. So I don't know. Like, they might not get in line this time.
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, You know, they've shown themselves to be. I mean, you kind of saw it on. It was kind of a visual display last night. Like, I would be surprised if the two folks who rushed the stage while Biden was giving a speech raving about dairy were not probably Bernie supporters or somewhere on like that spectrum. Like, Dude,
1: hold on it, real it, quick, real quick it, before I bit, forget. <laughs> real quick before I forget. Shout out to uh, Joe Biden's, I don't know if it's his campaign manager or uh, one of the senior advisors. That's Simone Sanders' woman.
0: Simone Sanders is a, is a spokeswoman and senior advisor. And uh, yeah, she uh, she reacted with, uh, <laughs> with great speed and dexterity. And so did his wife. Uh, that was impressive. And that's a whole other story about security letting someone get that close to a former vice president. It was outrageous. We need to we need to get that under control. Yeah, I,
1: don't former vice presidents have Secret Service detail? I mean, I,
0: uh, they were. They were. They, they dropped the ball on that one because those people were then six inches of the guy. And, you know, just thank God, nothing happened. But that was that was unbelievable.
1: But, I mean, Simone cool. Sanders, but, it, Simone it, Sanders came off the edge like Aaron Donald and just spear tackled Yeah, her no, she did. No, very impressive. Yeah, <laughs> very great, impressive.
0: Great, great lateral, great lateral movement. Very impressive.
1: Yeah, just the speed out um, of that three-point stance but, was very impressive. <laughs>
0: yeah. And up the stairs, too. But, yeah, to your question, yeah, I uh, I, I, mean, it, it's it's difficult to know. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Biden is a lot like, you know, in, in a sense like Hillary, you know, it's a very swampy candidate. And, and uh, the Obama coalition that's supposed to show out for Hillary didn't do it. And now you have kind of a similar situation, like a, a guy, you know, from the Obama team— but he's been around forever. He's easily the oldest person to he would be easily the oldest person ever elected if he won. Uh, he's got 50 years of tough positions to explain and, and deal with. And uh, and he's going against incumbent with, you know, probably a strong economy at his back. Uh, now, I'm inclined to think that if, you know, a recession set in this year, like so many people hope happens, then then Biden would win. But um, uh that, 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 that nine or ten percent of Bernie people who didn't show up for Hillary in 2016, I think, made the difference, especially in those states. Trump won by rounding errors, basically, in, in the big three, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. So it'll be uh, it'll be up to Biden to, to coalesce that and to make sure he doesn't lose too much of the African-American vote, which Trump is making a major play for. So uh, those are those are the two things to, to look at going forward um, yeah, in the race.
1: I'm not a reporter. Obviously, I'm a political activist. I want. I've already endorsed Trump for re-election uh, in, this year, and and I I obviously want him to be Joe Biden. I do feel a little bad. Like I feel a little uneasy that, as Admiral Akbar would say, that we're going to focus all firepower on Joe Biden's star destroyer for the next eight months. Like I actually feel a little bad about that because the man. Like, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to play armchair physician or anything like that. I'm not diagnosing Joe Biden with something. But, like, the band's not well. He confused his wife with his sister on stage last night. He, for- <laughs> he A couple days ago, he forgot the name God. He couldn't come up with God, uh, of all things. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't know where he is half the time. He can barely string together a sentence. Like, it is like, it, it's just imagine. like—it's just—I'm just imagining what Donald Trump will do to this man on a debate stage one-on-one. I mean, my goodness, it's going to be a bloodbath. So it's almost like— yeah I, I don't i don't like when medical issues are interjected into political races obviously it is important though i mean if, if the man has alzheimer's or dementia or something uh you know that's that's obviously an important issue and he obviously his memory is failing him but like it, it, it's kind of weird man as i i love the memes i love the attacks like I, I think it's fun i enjoy it uh on both sides but like. You're a much more mellow uh, gentleman than I am, uh, David. So you might not be in the same predicament, but like I, I almost feel bad about it. Like I'm going to focus all my energy on destroying this guy's campaign for the next eight, eight months, and uh, I don't know. From what we've seen from Joe Biden, I just feel a little guilty about that preemptively.
0: Oh, um, yeah. I, I know. I'm just sort of inoculated against that at this point. After you know five years of the the, the, the Donald Trump era is going to be in <laughs> its fifth year in, in June, so I'm sort of like I'm. I don't know. I almost kind of feel immune to like the. That kind of craziness at this point. Uh, but Biden, you know, uh, he's he weathered a lot over the past year. I mean, it, it's kind of funny. He, he gets the advantage of kind of being considered the front runner this whole time. And now he's got the comeback kid narrative that, you know, kind of kind of spikes people along. And uh, he weathered the storm through the the Hunter Biden saga and you know, just dismal showings last month. I mean, I, I remember talking talk to my wife about it and I was like, you know, this campaign was there for Biden to win and his team just let it him down in iowa new hampshire and other states and now it looks like a, you know he's dead in the water i couldn't believe that they let him down like that and then he kind of comes out and he did i mean it was great politics it was like he's like you, you made the point already before like this isn't some sort of unfair operation like yeah i guess the establishment quote unquote has come for bernie but bernie didn't do a good job of uh, uh getting support around himself once he won those first three races and then biden just won one and they were looking for an excuse to to a coalesce around him and he got it so uh Biden, I think, has been a little bit underrated by people, so I wouldn't feel sorry for him. I mean, he's a big boy. He's been doing this for 40 or 50 years, and uh, he knows what he has to face when it comes to, to Donald Trump. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel bad for the attacks he has coming for him, but I think he's more resilient than people give him credit for.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, one point on, on the DNC more generally, you have to hand it to the Democratic Party. I mean, they are a lot more powerful within their own ranks than the GOP is in, in their ranks. I mean, they got Klobuchar and Buttigieg, you know, two in two consecutive days to drop out and fly to Texas and endorse Joe Biden. Um, I, obviously, I don't think the GOP would ever be—they're just not strong enough. They're not powerful enough to get their candidates to do just about anything. I mean, heck, John Kasich stayed in, in the race four months longer than he, he should have probably. But um, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy, but you see this this theory going around— uh, not just from, like, the Alex Jones types, but just more generally. Why the heck is Elizabeth Warren still in the race? Like, the, the only person she's benefiting is Joe Biden, and she claims to be an ally and friend of Bernie Sanders. I mean, it, all of her supporters would vote Sanders, not Biden. And both Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar outperformed her in every state. Elizabeth Warren uh, finished third, fourth, fourth, and fifth. In the first four uh, primaries and then picked up, I don't know, something like zero delegates last night or maybe, you know, 10 or whatever, single digit delegates last night. Um, so it's like, is is she in on it? Like, is she a part of the uh, the DNC plan to, uh, you know, uh, execute Order 66, uh, the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign? Because uh, I, I love this. Right. Like, I just don't, uh, I, yeah, I don't I, see, I, I mean, maybe she's just delusional. Maybe she's just not very bright and thinks she can still win, but I don't know. Maybe she's in on, in on the act.
0: I'm sure she, I, I'm sure she doesn't think that she can win. I think there's a couple, I think there's a couple of things potentially at play here. One, uh, I actually don't get the feeling that she's long for this world. Cause I, I read the classic story this morning. NBC news was talking about how a Warren is, you know, I think reassessing her race or something to those lines. The thing, you do after you've had an awful night like she did yesterday it's you know you gotta kind of have to think like there's obviously no way i can win and do i want to stay in and be a thumb in these candidates but i will disagree with one thing you said i don't think it's a neat thing where warren supporters would just go to bernie i actually don't agree with that i think a lot of warren supporters actually if they wanted to go for bernie i don't know why they already wouldn't have uh i think i think warren was kind of like this very favorite candidate among a lot of people around dc she's a she for, for, for wealthy college educated people, uh, white college educated people. She's like their candidate. And uh, I think they kind of think like, oh, I'm not so crazy. That I'll go with Bernie. But, you know, she's she's got plans or, you know, that and that, that, that kind of appeal to them. So I don't necessarily think if she quit, it would actually benefit Sanders all that much anyway. So um, that's my kind of roundabout way of saying I think if she's staying in, if she does stay in, it's because she thinks she could have some delegates. She could maybe force a broker convention and have some leverage and picking the final candidate. Which if uh, she wants to hold out for that long, and, you know, Godspeed. But I think it's more likely that she won't last much longer because, you know, I don't think she wants to be completely humiliated. And so far, every 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 time since Iowa, she's just been embarrassed so far. So um, so we'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised if she was out soon.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, so this morning, Mike Bloomberg uh, dropped out uh, and endorsed Joe Biden. Um, Man, imagine wasting seven hundred million dollars uh, to win uh, American Samoa was uh, the, <laughs> the only primary one last night. Uh, he just did terrible. I, I think he was. Uh, I think he was just a stand-in for Joe Biden. Like when Joe Biden looks, was looking like he was going to completely fall apart. People were looking for any other quote-unquote moderate, even though obviously neither one of them are anywhere near moderate. But, um, like, he was kind of just a stand-in for Biden. And when, once Biden did well in South Carolina, people are like, well, why are we even messing around with Bloomberg? Uh, we'll, just, we'll, we'll just we'll just come back to Joe Biden. But, um, obviously, I think this just proves that the Occupy Wall Street people, the uh, get-money-out-of-politics people are ridiculous. Um, and that voters aren't just stupid. <laughs> you can't just buy votes, you know? Like, uh, 700 million, man. I mean, that is an astronomical—and he spent that money between the end of November and now. Okay, just a a handful of months. We've never seen this kind of spending ever, and it didn't matter. I mean, it was a drop in the bucket. It did not matter at all. So, like, one, uh, I think it's good that this guy got out. You know, he attempted just to come in and buy the race. And then also, look, money in politics, you can like it, you can hate it, but people aren't stupid. People do, you know, they're going to vote for the candidate they like just because there's an annoying Bloomberg ad on every single YouTube video doesn't mean he can buy the presidency.
0: No, no. I think everything you said is is right on. It's a real shot to all the people who think, you know, like, you know, I think the same people who said Russia spending 100 cans of Facebook ads through the 2016 election. Like, I mean, Bloomberg spent half a billion dollars and he won American Samoa and that's all he had to show for it. So it's not as simple as dump all this money into something you can get. Get some poll spikes and get attention, you get some name recognition out of it. But when people like that, they tend to do in America who don't follow politics um, and don't stay on Twitter all day like me and other people who do this for a living, they make the decisions late. And uh, there's there's just something for, you know, uh, earned media and uh, positive media attention. And that's what Joe Biden got in droves over the past 72 hours. And I honestly didn't think it would be enough from South Carolina to carry him to a victory on Super Tuesday or to victories in Super Tuesday. But that was before all these other people dropped out, got in behind him, and that's what swung Massachusetts. That's what swung Minnesota. That's what swung Texas, and it changed it from like what would have been a muddled outcome into wow, Biden is the absolute front runner. So yeah, Bloomberg, yeah, he you know he he came in because he thought Biden was weak. He said all along he wouldn't run because he was going to support Biden. Then Biden looked ter- terrible. He got in. Uh, Biden still looked weak and still looked like a pretty good play. Uh, but yeah, I think you're exactly right. As soon as Biden showed some strength, uh, people were kind of, and, and people saw Bloomberg on the trail on debates and saw that he's just this kind of technocrat robot who doesn't like people very much. Um, he just wasn't very appealing. And, you know, Joe's put in the time and he's got a, a relationship with Democratic voters and voters in the South and it paid off for him. So candidates matter. Relationships matter. Money does matter. I'm not going to say it doesn't, but uh, now Biden can have, have all of Bloomberg's riches in his fold and that'll be valuable for him going forward.
1: A couple more points before I let you go. One, I, I think the only state that really shocked me um well actually two 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 states shocked me last night one um the fact that biden won uh massachusetts was hilarious that uh you know obviously if elizabeth warren was out maybe bernie would have won but that was not a state biden was supposed to win and then the other one was minnesota you just mentioned minnesota i mean that that's like bernie sanders central i mean that that's a that's that's a state bernie sanders absolutely should have won you know and i wonder if you know Aligning himself with somebody like Ilhan Omar in Minnesota, obviously she's popular in her own district, but she was his point man in the entire state and parading in an openly anti-Semitic monster like like Ilhan Omar probably turned off a lot of, you know, suburban voters and stuff. And it, it's just, man, seeing somebody like Joe Biden win Minnesota was was shocking to me.
0: Uh, me too. That was easily the most surprising result all of the night. But yeah, Massachusetts and Texas, that, that was also a surprise. I thought, I thought Bernie would win all three of them, even with um, all the folks in there and, and Biden's momentum. But that shows, you know, it was kind of like the establishment strikes back to a certain extent. I mean, Ilhan Omar, all of her campaigning for all that time wasn't worth as much as Amy Klobuchar getting out in just one day and and, uh, and backing Biden. And there was a flood of people, I think, that went from her to him. And that tipped the scales in that state. So yeah, that was that was an embarrassment for her and uh, they the, the justice Democrats in the far left had a rough night uh, they lost that uh, pre- Texas primary race uh, Cisneros this woman who was challenging a uh, kind of pro-life Democrat down in Te- Texas Henry Cuellar uh, he she lost and she had gotten a ton of media and a ton of buzz and uh, she couldn't pull it off either even with all these hefty endorsements from like AOC and Bernie and Elizabeth Warren uh, so the the, the 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 quote-unquote moderates they're not moderates but the more moderate candidates uh, definitely struck back with a vengeance last night.
1: Love to see it. You yeah, absolutely love to see it. Uh, wh- one more thing. And obviously we've kind of just been talking straight facts on, on what happened last night, but uh, so we, we have to end the podcast with some wild speculation because uh, that's, that's what we do here. Let's do it. I love it. Um, you know, obviously let's just right now assume that, that Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. Obviously anything can happen. You just never know. I mean, just the momentum shifts back and forth in the last few months have been ridiculous, but who does Biden pick as his running mate? I mean, that's like—I can't really wrap my head around it. Is he going to try to pick a, a wild leftist, a, a, a socialist type to try to appease the Bernie bros? Does he go with somebody that can help him win a swing state like a, uh, uh, you know, Sherrod Brown in Ohio or, a, uh, you know, the governor of Michigan or somebody like that, you know, somebody—or the the new governor of Wisconsin, uh, somebody like that? Or does he pick— does he just go, hey, I'm old and white. I need to pick a black person. Does he, you know, what I mean? like, I, I don't know. Like, I wonder what direction he's going to go. I, it could go either way, but uh, I don't know. Like, I I almost think that he's going to attempt to appease the Bernie bros. He's not going to pick Bernie. He can't have 280 80-year-olds on the same ticket. But, like, some wild left-wing kind of guy, maybe not as extreme as Bernie, but somebody with, like, some socialist street cred, something like that. I don't know. What do you think?
0: Um... I'm inclined to think uh, Kamala Harris is, I think, a very possible pick. You know, she she won a big state like California. Uh, all her weaknesses aside, she has won in a big state before. She's, you know, kind of, she's effervescent. I think she'd be put in a supporting role uh, for that kind of thing. She's young, younger. So that would kind of offset Biden's obvious age problem. Um, I mean, I'm in Georgia. I know people are very high on Stacey Abrams. I don't quite get that. I think she's, <laughs> she's extremely overrated, but. You know, they they might I I I know that she he has named her before as a possibility. I mean, last year he was asked to name some possible running mates and he named he named Stacey Abrams. Uh, uh, he referred to her as the woman who should have been governor of Georgia, but he was referring to her, obviously. Uh he's mentioned Sally Yates, um he's mentioned Jean Jaheen, Maggie Hassan. So uh if he didn't pick a woman, I'd be very surprised, because uh, you know the Democratic Party is powered by women and um that, that would be tough, I think, for them. To have a ticket without one on it this time, so I'm inclined to think them. So if I had to pick right now, I would guess Kamala Harris. Uh, But um, I caution all your listeners: I am so I'm good at video editing. I'm not good at punditry. I'll put it that way.
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's not a bad bet. It's not you know if you had to put money on it, if you wanted to, if you have a hundred bucks that uh, you never want to see again. Betting on Kamala Harris probably wouldn't be a bad, a bad call. But <laughs> all right, David, thanks so much for doing this, man, and I have to have you on again soon. Where can everybody follow you online and read your stuff and keep in touch and all that good stuff? Uh,
0: freebeacon.com, F-R-E-E-B-E-A-C-O-N.com. And uh, Twitter, I'm at David Rutz. Uh, Rutz is R-U-T-Z. And uh, yeah, man, it's a great show, and I uh, appreciate appreciate having me on, Brady. Thanks Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely,
1: everybody follow David; he's great. Everybody check out the Beacon; they're doing the Lord's work over there. Uh, that's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. <laughs>